0: Hi there, my name is Pav, and along with Jacob, I'm one of the hosts of the Top of Off podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to us have a chat about cricket and make fun of each other in the process. As a reminder, you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Top of Off podcast. And we are going to be looking today at day three of the third test between England and the West Indies, um, which is obviously being held in Old Trafford. This is a test series, so it's really important. And it's a, it's a really big game for both teams. Um, so yes, without further ado, we shall get into uh, an overview of the day and then talk about what we want to talk about, basically. Um, so yes, so uh in terms of how the day went through for, for both teams england end the day in a very comfortable position and and you know in, in in a very very dominant position um to end the day so the west indies started the day on 137 for 6 um following on for their overnight total um and uh, jason hobbs and Shane barrett managed to move the west indies past their overnight pass that to 137 for 6 um to 170 um, which is the which was the follow-on point. Um and had they not had the West Indies been all out before that, they would uh, you know England could have enforced the follow-on. So they moved past the follow-on point. Although one significant moment in that in that period of play was that Jason Holder was caught um by Ollie Pope off Chris Wokes' bowling, but it was a no-ball from Chris Wokes. So the the wicket did not fall. Um but even then, even though the West Indies managed to avoid the follow-on, the batting performance still left a lot to be desired. As England's pace attack, especially um, and and Stuart Broad in particular, really tore into the West Indies middle order and 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 their tail and just and, um, and West Indies um, uh, um, Jermaine Blackwood. Um, uh, fell for 26. Jason Holder fell for 46, um, and he he was the highest score in the West Indies first innings. Um, Raheem Cornwall fell for 10. Shane Dowrich fell for 37, um, and Kemar Roach and Channel Gate both contributed zero to batting innings. So they and they ended on 197 not out, um, following some spectacular bowling, especially as I said from Stuart Broad. Who took figures of six for thirty-one, and it was what he was, was his best performance in a home test since his um, remarkable eight for fifteen against Australia five years ago. It's um, so a really brilliant work from Stuart Broad there, and then uh, Jimmy Anderson took two wickets, and Joshua uh, Archer and Griffiths both took one as well. So it was all round performance. Um, England then. Uh, opted to bat just before lunch, Um, and uh, Rory Burns and Dom Sibley, being the slow scorers that they are and being the very patient test batsmen that they are, um, built up slowly um, and shared an opening stand of 114, Um, and this was the first 11th century stand in 2016, so remarkable stuff. Um, first, first opening century fans in so quite a remarkable stuff. Um, and then, um, so then uh, Sibley fell on 56, um, and Roy Burns fell very, very close to his 190. Um, so he could have had another test century, but it wasn't quite there. Um, however, there were some concerns in that first period of play with, with Burns and Sibley that England's scoring rate was too low. And uh, many questions were being asked over whether Joss Butler and Ben Stoke should have opened the innings and just cracked out the runs that were needed um, and then put the West Indies back into bat before the end of the day to capitalise on conditions and to make them make up for the overs that will probably be lost today due to rain. Um However, Joe Root then sent himself out and made a um, and really pushed on the on, on the scoring. So uh, Burns had a strike rate of fifty-five, Sibley had a strike rate of forty-two, um, and then you contrast that with Joe Root's strike rate, which is one hundred and twenty-one. So really, you know, the scoring was really pushed on very quickly, and England uh, played two hundred and twenty-six for two, setting in the West Indies an almost impossible three hundred and ninety-nine runs to win. Um, then the West Indies were then put in just before the end of the day to, to bat again and uh, the decision to put them in was vindicated as Stuart Ball again took two wickets uh, and, uh, the wickets of uh, John Campbell and Kimar Roach uh, for 0 and 4 respectively which uh, left the West Indies floundering on 10 for 2 uh, overnight and they will resume on 10 for 2 today and that Rain is forecast at Old, Tra- Old Trafford until 5pm today. England basically have the whole of day five um, and, and a, a few overs maybe at the end of today to take the eight West Indies wickets that they need for victory. So it's looking very, very promising for England.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a very good day for England. Um, I, I have a stat of the day for something you mentioned well, earlier about the being caught off the no ball. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was, first of all, that was Chris Wokes's second no ball, called no ball, by the way, in his entire test career. He may have bowled others which weren't called, but in terms of called no balls, that was his second in his entire test career. And uh, just to compare him with some, some well known bowlers' averages, to look at another bowler in this test series, Shannon Gabriel, in terms of called no balls, he averages bowling a no ball every uh, one in every 42 deliveries i believe yeah um the great bob willis and the the late great bob willis averaged bowling a no ball every one in 18 deliveries and uh, chris wokes averages bowling a no ball every one in i believe 3022 deliveries mm-hmm. so <laughs> chris okay. wokes has been remarkably consistent on this front and it, it just so happens that
0: that was the yeah,
1: unlucky one. The second time ever he bowls a no ball, it, it gets a wicket. So that was upsetting for him, I'm sure. But overall, fantastic day for England. Um, I I didn't like the questions about Sibley and Burns. I think yeah, they did fine. Yeah. Um, we got what we wanted, which was, you know, five or six overs with the new ball at, at West Indies late in the day. That's exactly, the exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Um, Burns, I I have no doubt if he wasn't having to rush, would have got his. Oh yeah. Century. He he got out top edging a a sweep which he just he doesn't really do when he's being patient. Oh. So um, yeah. And Root played fantastically. It was really nice to see Joe Root do that. He oh yeah Definitely. He looked of late a bit like, you know, he we know he's a very not not quite in the sort of Joss Butler. Johnny Bairstow vein of free flowing batsman, but he likes to be busy. He likes to push things along and, and run hard. And he, he's looked a bit caught on the crease recently. He, he kind of he's yeah. buying into the whole the, the new team thing of oh we might, we need to play slowly and patiently. Yeah. And he just looks a lot better when he gets his feet moving and when he's busy especially against the spin when they bring on spin and he's sweeping and and you know just yeah. trying yeah. things out he looked really really good a couple of fantastic shots over top as well so and i think, I think that, that was awesome. nice yeah. for him
0: yeah and it's it's fair to say i mean he made his half century but it's fair to say that had he it, you know had had england you know um w- was was today not looking like it's going to be mostly washed out um and and had they not had to declare very soon he could have gone on to make it a century as well.
1: Yeah, although obviously, if today wasn't going to be washed out, he uh, would have played quite differently as well. He yeah. would have played a lot slower. And but yeah. no, it was it was a very good um, piece of batting, particularly from Burns and Root together. They looked really good. Root hurried Burns along a bit. Yeah. Burns brought out a sweep against the spin, which is is really. Um, a good thing to add to his arsenal. He's looked a bit like Sibley. He's looked a bit bogged down by spin at times and just yeah. pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back while Sibley just pushes it into the, the leg side every time. And I, I think just that they were talking about it on the sky coverage, that just that um, addition of that sweep shot, which they both have yeah. um, can be really useful in that. If you look at Alistair Cook, one of the greatest players of spin in English history, He had about two shots against spin. He just tucked it off his hip like Dom Sibley does. And then when they set a field for that, he swept it hard to the sort of third man kind of area. And it just moves the field and creates gaps elsewhere. Um, Burns apparently has been working a lot with Graham Thorpe, England's batting coach, about how to play spin. Um, Graham Thorpe, of course, a fantastic player of spin. And... You saw yesterday him trying to put that in practice. He was using his feet a lot. Um, he had a couple of nice shots off that. He swept and thing, yeah, he looked really kind of busy and good.
0: Yeah. The thing to say about Roy Burns is that he's, he's a very fast learner and, and he does apply himself to actually you know, solve any issues in his technique that come up. So, I mean, we've seen that before. When, when, he, was, when he struggled against football, um last summer, he, he put the time in and effort in to sort that out as well. Um, so, so, he does, yeah, he can do... Um, uh, he, he can change his technique and he can work on things and add things if needed which is a really good sign especially for a, for a young batsman um, so uh, another stat is that Stuart Broad has reached 499 test wickets with his, uh, with his second wicket of the West Indies innings last night um, if he takes one more which I mean is looking likely that he will uh, if he takes one more he will be only the fourth uh, pace bowler to reach 500 test wickets um so obviously shows how amazing he's been over his career and how people that write him off do so at their peril um but also he's he's taken he, he will probably reach 500 test wickets in this test match um he took six wickets in the West Indies first innings he made fifty and uh, it's the fastest fifty from England ever
1: in England. For their first innings. So has uh, this game being through a broad show? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it I think it. It um he's played fantastically. Uh his, his batting of course very good but but what he's known for is his bowling and good God he was on fire. Um oh. that was, it was amazing. It it, was I cool. you know watching last night the two wicket balls, first of all, he, he's now extended his run to in five of his last six innings at old Trafford. He's taken a wicket in his first yeah. over um and you can't bowl a better ball than that, yeah, you just can't it's, it was amazing it was you know, I'm not going to run on about <laughs> it he's like I, I can I can babble on about it for ages, but just the same position, the swing in, the movement away
0: it was yeah, perfect
1: crazy. wicket ball yeah. it it it's that magic ball which everyone searches for and yeah. he's he's clearly as we know immensely talented immensely skilled immensely yeah. experienced and and he knows exactly what he's doing and he he really deserves 500 wickets i i think it's sad that there aren't people in the ground to see it because if you remember when jimmy got his it, yeah. you know, oh, it was brilliant against
0: game. against india
1: yeah so It was, yeah, it's sad for for Broad, but he's made an immense achievement. What we have to remember is that, um, first of all, we were were kind of starting to write him off a little bit, say, oh, you know, he won't be around forever. He's three years younger than Jimmy. Jimmy got his 502 years ago. Yeah. And now is, I think, 10 away from 600. So you know, Broad still has, or if if we think he'll follow a similar career path at all, which he doesn't look like he's tiring out, yeah, Broad really still has it. Um, he's looking great, and you know we wish him every success. I I think our our some of our stuff we talked about in the the very first episode of this pod um still kind of stands. You know he's not yeah. going to be around forever. We shouldn't get too reliant on him. We have to. Occasionally, make that decision to to leave him or
0: oh Andrew yeah, but, I mean
1: it, to yeah get new talent in, but
0: there will be games where that will happen. Um, but I mean,
1: I, I think what Stuart Broad's done here is he's really made a statement, and that statement is I'm not the expendable one. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't don't leave me out your side. I it shouldn't be an easy decision to leave me or Jimmy Anderson out. And um, he's proven. Actually, Jimmy, you know, uh, he's bowling very well, very well, as we know he can, but he's not taking anywhere near as many wickets as Broad, so I think he's, I'm not saying that Jimmy can't take wickets or that he needs to be left out. but I think Broad has definitely made a big statement about he's no, he he doesn't, he definitely doesn't see himself as kind of the the second one in the partnership and and he, he feels he's on an even keel and yeah, definitely. Shouldn't shouldn't be the one who's automatically left out.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I was just um while you were talking, I just got onto um quick info and the, the stats. And uh, I've got the name of the three baseballers who have taken fire so the club that Um and obviously Jimmy is, is first. And then you've got Glenn McGrath and Courtney Walsh, so he's in the company mm. of those three players, you know. Yeah. He is he is he England's one of England's and uh, not just England's, but is he one of Test cricket's most underrated players? I,
1: I think he is in the, in the sense that it's not that he's underrated because people don't think he's as good as he is. People know how good he is. It's just because he is playing alongside. Yeah. You know, any any other time he'd be the 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 best bowler in that team in any team, he'd be an all-time great. And he is. But because he's playing alongside the greatest pace bowler ever <laughs> to have walked yep. the earth, in terms of test wickets, yep. um, yeah, he, 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 it's, it's fair enough that he might feel a little overshadowed. Yep. Um, what we have to remember is that Stuart Broad, if you, if you define best by number of test wickets, uh, in terms of pace bowlers, he is the fourth best ever. Ever, yeah. um, in terms of overall bowlers, he is the seventh best ever. Um, no, eighth best. No, seventh. He's three behind Jimmy. Yeah, He's yeah, Seventh, yeah, best, seventh best, best ever. Yeah, and also three years younger than Jimmy, and only three behind him. He could. Yeah. I think he will overtake. Uh, I think Courtney Walsh is on something like five hundred and nineteen. Five hundred
0: and um
1: let me just get it back up. Five hundred and nineteen, yeah. yeah. So he will I reckon, well prob- probably Courtney if he Walsh. carries on for three more years, he'll overtake Courtney Walsh. Um mm-hmm. and what's Glenn McGrath on? Five hundred and sixty-three. I think he he could get there. He yeah. he very well could get to six hundred. We simply don't know, but yeah. I, I think it's very possible that he gets level with or overtakes Glenn McGrath. And then what we have to remember is, how lucky are we as England fans that for the last you know 10, 15 years, the two single greatest pace bowlers of all time have both played for us at the same time.: It's amazing. It's, it's absolutely it's amazing. something you only get on fantasy teams. It's unbelievable. So' that's very lucky. if you look back in 10 years' time.
0: And or, or twenty years time, and you're making you know your best your your all-time best England eleven. Your your pace bowlers, your your, your bowling lineup would will, will include
1: both Jimmy and Stuart. And well, I, I think that's I think that's something we can do as a segment. I I would be up for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll do that in the next part. We'll, <laughs> we'll argue about who the greatest England Test eleven is. But, yeah. No, is. It, it was un, it's, it's unbelievable that we've got. It's that absolutely podium. amazing. And I and, think he's. Yeah
0: obviously he didn't need to as i said this yesterday as well he didn't need to answer the questions that were asked of him um but they were asked and i mean you know obviously he was, yeah, obviously he was in that first test. and whether that was due to um that because they wanted him to be rested, or you know or they wanted to play um uh, jimmy instead and then and rest jimmy and play Stuart for the next test the 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 thing is he he will have taken it well and he did take it as a slight or you know take it as sort of a a vote of no confidence in him um and it meant that he sort of built up the, the 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 mentality that there's been a serious questions asked of me here you know that i'm being doubted for what i can do so let me let me show what i can do and and you know answer these questions um and really i don't think the england management were asking questions of him because They always intended to play him. But I think uh, the media definitely started asking questions of him. Um, mm-hmm. and and he answered them, you know, he answered them. And um it shows that obviously had had he could use guys he the media made his discontent known, happy then not performed but the in that second test and you know, not performed in the test as well, then probably that people would have said, well, you know, he shouldn't have gone and, and said anything in the interviews. But because he managed to answer those questions and back up, those, what he said with that performance. He's suddenly now, um, you know, suddenly it's, you know, it's like, well, he should have been in from the first test. And really, obviously, hindsight would be good there. And if, if, if the England coaches had the power of hindsight, they'd probably put him in the first as well. Um, but he's really answered the questions, I think, really has emphatically
1: yeah um you can get away with saying a lot more when you when you back it up like he does and um i i as Geoff archer said the other day sport and particularly this sport is very fickle and and the way in which people um i want to say including us but maybe not so much us i think we we've been all right on this but the, the way a lot of people have really pivoted from, oh, well, you know, he, he's yeah. not the future and stuff, to, oh, well, he should have been in and, you know, we should have never have left him out. He can never be left out. And and that feels a bit, you know, it's not great. Um, oh, I, I think it's a, it's a balance. And the England management tried to strike that balance. And, and actually, I, I don't think they did it badly. I, I think three back-to-back test matches for a 34-year-old, probably not. Especially when you've got another three match test series in three weeks. Um, yeah. I, I think it was right. I think it was right to to give him a rest. Um, or at yeah. least give one of them a rest, whether it should have been Anderson or Broad, up to you. Oh, yeah. Well this I think they're, that's they're gonna be that
0: we, we've said that um we've said that you know, that one of them at some point or, or both of them will, will be rested for games at some point, you know, in, in the future. And there will be those discussions had about we don't want you to play this game, you know, because we want you to rescue, get get our get our next generation through. But you can play, you know, you played these games of the series. I'm going to rest you for these games. Do you think that the future of this partnership now, instead, of, because they've, by and large, for the last sort of 15 years of of England cricket, they've been, or well, um, the last sort of, so you know, yeah, last sort of 12 or 13 years of England cricket, they've been. They've been selected for almost every test. Um, do you think that the future now is going to be ongoing discussions and ongoing? There's um, ongoing Do we, you know, who do we um, arrest when? What do we say to them to arrest them and you know keep them on side? Um, do you think that that's the future of, of the space attack? His partnership
1: I, I, I think it has to be you know we, we talked about this in the in the first part and yeah it, it kind of has to be yes the, you know they're definitely not done playing together but it, I think it would be short-sighted to play them together with the new ball every match um, yeah. you know you, you can't do that anymore partly for their well-being you know as, as we say they're both in their mid to late 30s they they can still definitely go but the, the body might give out you know you d- you yeah. don't know you got guys a lot younger than them in this series are really struggling and and getting hurt because they've been overplayed um J- jimmy and and broad have a pretty good injury record but actually the the west indies haven't been keeping england out in the field for extremely long periods of time yeah. uh, and ha- they're not having to bowl you know, like we saw in in New Zealand when Jofra bowled forty two overs, they're not having to bowl. You know, thirty overs each. They're yeah. they're kind of getting twenty, twenty three max, um, and so yeah, you know, and that's on a bad day. So they they're not getting that kind of wear and tear on them, which is a really good thing. Um, but I think yeah, you just have to, you just have to talk to them and yeah, kind of give them. A bit of a say in it, not too much say, because obviously there yeah. have been things about them having too much control before. And also, you know, if you're going to say, oh, we've got to rest one of you for this game, who's it going to be? Neither one's going to put it their hand and say, oh, yes, me, please. Uh, give, give me a rest. No, neither of them is going to want to miss a game. So, yeah, you just have to you just have to get that balance right and, and keep them informed of the decisions and, and keep them in the conversation. Yeah. And make it very clear to them that while they will still play together, there will be more and more occasions where one of them plays and the other one doesn't. And, yeah. and I think, yeah, the, the the main thing that's come out of this series is is not making that assumption that just because Broad's kind of the second one in the partnership to the greatest fast bowler of all time, that he's the one who should auto- automatically be left out. I, I oh, think yeah, that's definitely. what this fixed. Um, well, it's,
0: yeah. I mean, in, in a sense, the, all the sort of rancour that was around... In the first test, or you know, the discontent that was seen from Stuart Broad in that first test when he was when he was left out, it's probably actually in, in the long term, or it, 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 it'll, you know, going ahead from this series, it will answer some questions and it will actually do some good, because it will show the the selectors and the and the management. Even you know, they probably didn't need this reminder, but it's a reminder that you have to value both. You know, you can't. There's going to be no easy fix to this, or no no easy way to go forward, and and and. And drop Stuart, you know, it's not the case Drop Stuart and
1: Jimmy. do you think that it's possible to see them in the Ashes? I think so. I think pretty much yes, and we'll talk about our Ashes teams in a minute, and I imagine we both have at least one of them in there. Um, but I, I think it's very possible, more so Stuart Broad. He'll be thirty-six going on thirty-seven, which is yeah. just just a touch below where Anderson is now. Uh, when we get to those ashes, yeah. Anderson yeah. will be a couple of months off forty, yeah. And if he can still go, then and I'm sure he probably will be able to. But that's great. But I, I think he he's probably the one who we've had all this talk about Stuart Broad being the one who kind of is automatically left out. But Anderson's the one who I think in the selectors' minds and in the coaches' minds and in the fan bases' minds that people are starting to think. Well, you know we thought this a few years ago and so on and he carried on but the career is probably winding down now, it's definitely in the back end I mean, and you uh, can't play forever any, you know? no, he, he simply can't okay. he's, for a fast bowler the, the number of matches he's played oh, yeah. is phenomenal and yeah. he's, he's really carried on for a long time but I, I think at some point something kind of has to give and not that he'll get terribly hurt but things will just start to, to wind down for him. Yeah. I, I think it's possible to see them playing in the Ashes, but I, I don't think it's, I, I, don't, I don't know possible, but I don't think it's a the best idea to have them playing together as the new ball partnership in, in most of those Ashes tests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Do you agree?
0: I agree that I think that they're both, they both have tremendous value to the team. So as we've seen, you know, they, they are game changers still. Um, but yes, I, I agree that Stuart Broad going forward will probably be the one who is selected maybe a bit more than Jimmy or, you know, selected in those occasions where Jimmy is rested. Um, and the reason for that is simply because he's younger, you know, Jimmy's had an extra four years on his career than Stuart Broad, you know, um, and he yeah, by the time the next Saturday series comes up, he will be almost forty. Um you can't play forever. So I think that I don't know, I, I think it would be hard for me to accept because that's the type of person he is, you know, he's very competitive and everything. Um but I think it's 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 valuable and it's it's necessary that he get arrested for- if it's explain to him, in the sense you know, in, in terms of him, of, of what his age is and looking forward and trying to get new fast bowlers through for when he retires, I think then he'll, he'll accept it. But it's not going to be an easy thing. And this way I think, will, will be one that England have to tread lightly around for the future.
1: It's also the fact that not, not only is Anderson, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of ageing and, and so on, but he's also still extremely fit. He can still run in for however many overs. His pace, actually, since this, this um, you know, he had a, a few injury problems and people started to think, oh, is it, is it starting to catch up with him? He had a really weird injury where he tore a muscle off, an intercostal muscle off his rib, I believe. Yeah. It was really horrible. Um, and he's come back from, from that after this coronavirus break and stuff with about six months of rehab. And he looks as good as he ever has in terms of fitness and, and his pace. His pace is actually up a little bit compared to what it was a few months ago and kind of last year. He's he's consistently around 84, 85. And the other thing um,
0: um yeah. is, is that he's had that I mean that uh, last summer um, and 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 the few months before that he did have the he got a like injury. Um, he had the injury I think it was in his leg, you know, one of one of the muscles there. Um, and it was his calf muscle, that was it. Yeah, it was his calf oh, muscle. was yeah. maybe. Yeah, he played the first test, um, tore it again. Um, and, and this was after quite quite an extended break he'd had anyway, because he hadn't played any county cricket in months as well to rest it. Um, he, he tore it again, had um, that first test, you know, played up again. And yeah, people thought then seeing him, not just that he'd had an injury, because all, all fast bowlers especially get injuries, but it was the fact that He'd it was injury he had four months before, and he'd have four months rest. But he had people thought, "Well, is his body at the station now where it's not going to heal as well as it used to?" And this is it now for him as a consistent best player. Um, But then he proved them wrong because obviously he didn't play much in the Ashes series, but he came back um, and and he proved them wrong.
1: Yeah um but now now we're talking about the ashes we we've played a little game and we've tried to predict our uh, yes. england's 11 and and sort of reserve group for let's say the first test of the 2021 ashes in australia uh would you like to go first or shall i I'll
0: go, yeah I'll go first um mm-hmm. so i have so my
1: list um
0: has at the moment, my list is like this. Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler, and that was it. I didn't know what to think after
1: wait, that. Wait, so- sorry. sorry, I
0: think I you think were... broke up a little
1: bit there. Oh, Can
0: okay. Repeat that for me? Yeah. Um, Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Pope, and Butler. And that's where I got to,
1: and then I thought, well, um, okay. what happens after that? Um, you you didn't want to get into any of the controversial stuff. Um... Not... Yeah, no. <laughs> I I actually have a full team, so I can read that out for you. I've I've agreed with you exactly on the top seven: yeah. Burns, cinder Crawley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler. Even just Butler? yeah, I picked Josh Butler. And I, <laughs> I and and this is not necessarily you know who I who I'd I'm not going to say who I'd like to see because of course yeah. I'd like to see Josh Butler. I'd like to see him in good form, but it's who I think will be picked. Yeah. Um. And and if if Butler carries on the form which he. Well, we can't call it form yet, but the, he, if he backs up this performance he's made in in this game and finds another stretch of form, I think I think
0: the key thing for Jos Butler is not just backing up this performance, but what he needs to do is prove that these performances that come out, you know, these flashes of brilliance, aren't aren't just uh, don't come up when he's under pressure. questions being asked him he can get all the time he can prove that consistency that even when people ask questions about it even in his team, the team is you know, supposedly secure um, he can still, he can still
1: uh, uh, fire on all cylinders mm. um, so I, I then went into the bowlers and oh. I picked 8 Bess um, Wood at 9 Archer at 10 and Broad at 11
0: Okay.
1: That's what I went. And then my reserves were either Leach or Verdi, depending on how both of them kind of do. Um, yeah. Also, the be- the best decision, the spinner decision, is kind of who the spinner is based largely on what happens in the subcontinent and yeah. so on, and, and how they deal with those kind of drier, bouncier surfaces. Yeah, definitely. Then Folks is my reserve wicketkeeper. Um, Ollie Stone is a reserve pace bowler. James Bracey is a reserve opener. Uh, I think Dan Lawrence usually plays at like three or four, so he's kind of yeah. a reserve in there. And then I've got Curran and Anderson in there, but I'm I'm kind of not sure because Curran doesn't always do his best work overseas in in places like Australia. Yeah, he's, he's a very typically in English bowler. Yeah. yeah, and then Anderson, of course, we don't know what his situation is yeah. going to be. So I I kept broad in over Anderson because I thought at that point Anderson, with nine. We don't know what his fitness will be like. We don't know what his form will be like. Broad's still on a tear and he, he's looking fantastic and can bowl pretty well in yep. Australia. He has an, and he I, likes bowling against Australia. So,
0: yeah. I think I, I, I would agree with you there that I'd put Broad in over Anderson. Um, obviously, you still bring Jimmy along. Um, mm. And uh, maybe, maybe he plays in a test and maybe he plays in two tests or something of the, of the series. Um but I, I, yeah, but definitely broad over Anderson just because, just because of age, really. There's, there's nothing else, just just age, you know. And and broad is the younger one and also the one that you yeah, looks at this point to be in that that vein of form. So, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I would obviously Archer, yes, would, yes, um, Don Bess, yeah, I'd, I, I mean, I have to say that he's probably gonna, I mean, well, he's he's, he's looking like England's first race spinner at the moment. Um, would be nice to see Amor Verdi again, you know, it would be nice to see him. Um, but obviously, as you said, the the subcontinent tests will show us who is in the running to be, to be England spinner when they go to Australia.
1: And and we, we're talking a lot about, uh, do we pick Bess or Verdi? People are slightly forgetting Jack Leach and, yeah, know, uh, hero of Headingley, of course, but also just, he, he's a very good bowler. Right? I yeah. think, um, yeah, he, He's the second choice at the moment and and I think he deserves to be given a go and especially in in the five Test series in India,
0: yeah,
1: it would be very much worth playing um him and best kind of alternately or even playing two spinners um yeah. you, when you've got the the all round uh, all round of Ben Stokes, that does again mean you know who do you leave out um broad or anderson or or Archer or whoever. I think if you if you're picking a team to go to India uh, and if if it's spinning prodigiously then I'd probably pick Bess and Leach um, and then have Broad and Archer as the pace bowlers with Stokes I mm,
0: yeah yeah
1: Archer with the with the kind of flat out pace which Indian surfaces are now being helpful with and yeah yeah
0: Broad I mean definitely you definitely have to include Archer um, Stuart Broad yeah yeah I'd I'd include Stuart Broad as well as that especially as that sort of uh, as that figure of experience as well in, in the bowling lineup you know he he knows what he's doing um,
1: <sighs> what you can do as well is it depends what you're looking to do and obviously they've only done it now because of Ben Stokes. But I think maybe if if you've if you know if after the third test you've won the series or yeah. after the fourth test you've won the series, it might be worth leaving out Crawley or Pope, and uh, shifting everyone up the order and just playing with with an extra bowler. Have you know Archer, Broad, Anderson, um, Stokes as your pace core, and then Leach and Bess, uh, you know Butler at six, Bess at seven with a sort of all rounder role. Um, and the spinner, you get two spinners in there and, and it just means that your batting lineup's a bit shorter, but if the batting's going well then, then why not?
0: Yeah, you could and and this is something that England have shown that they can they're very prepared to switch the balance of their team if needed. Um, they did it in this obviously this this time it was um there was a real necessity to what happened. But even if folks is or even if this this that's supposed to fit the in this game. Um, but even if in when we're in India, yeah, you know, we we win the we win the third test. You know, we've won the series three nil, um, and then there's two more tests left. And we think, well, you know, um, our batting lineup have done some good work. You know, we've seen we, we 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 sort of solid on on who has performed the best here. We sort of have a bit more information to go forward for, for Australia. So let's bring our spinners on, and let's bring an extra spinner on, or an extra pace bowler on. And just try and solve those dilemmas and sort of put those dilemmas together with who should bowl who and you know um who would be best, especially because Indian surfaces are looking a lot more like Australian surfaces now. You know, there's there's a lot more sort of uh pace in them, as you said. Um and, and it is some 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 pitches, especially at the start of games, you know, it is a bit like being in Australia. So it's it's a good test run.
1: I I've really liked actually uh, I know it's injury enforced but I, I like the balance of this this England side at the moment I wouldn't say it's something you know you adopt as your kind of standard yeah. but I, I it's a very nice option um yeah. if the batting lineup is firing which is you're getting best, yeah. good runs on the board um then you know you've got burns and Sibley being solid at the top hopefully and we'll talk about that in a minute then you've got your star players in root and Stokes you've got your seemingly future star player in Pope, yeah. who you can obviously swap out for Crawley, another future star. Then you've got your wicketkeeper, and then and then it gives you just that extra bowler. And it, it would actually be very nice, because obviously with this pool of bowling talent we've yeah. got, England are shifting towards, un, not like the West Indies, a team that's reliant on their bowlers, but a bowling-centric team Oh yeah, definitely. who will put on... Bicycle. hopefully on a good day 35400 yeah. or you know 300 350 and then bowl the other team out cheaply
0: i don't think um, it's just england that do, that, have, that have moved towards this style i think i think by and large the way that test cricket is moving and the way that cricket in general is moving is after a big period of it being very sort of uh, favorable to batsmen it's now moving back in the direction of bowlers um hmm. And you know, back to what it used to be like in the '70s and '80s, where bowlers were the, you know, where it, it, it was really good hunting ground for bowlers, and it was, you know, the, the odds just stacked against batsmen. And I think that actually that's not a bad thing. Um, so you look at Australia; they've done the same. They've, they've, I mean, they've got a really good batting lineup. Um, their top order is is great. Uh, you've, got, you've got Warner, and Steve Smith, um, that's a serious batting there. At the same time, um, you've also got Nathan Lyon, you've got Mitchell Stark, you've got Josh Haderwood, Pat Cummins. You know, you've got some amazing um, bowlers, and and so I think most teams across the world are moving towards being bowler centric or being you know f- or favouring their bowlers and then having the batting lineup that supports the bowlers. I don't
1: think that's true with Australia, actually, in in the sense that they they actually would rather drop a bowler than a batsman and they've shown themselves mm. to prefer that. Hang on, I think you've frozen a bit. Oh
0: yeah, uh, you've frozen on mine. Um, one sec.
1: What is it? Oh. Pav may have frozen. Okay. Hello dear listeners, we had some we had some technical issues, we've had <laughs> to start, uh, we, we've had to pause our recording and start again. So where was I? I was talking about um, the balance of the side in Australia. I don't think I think Australia have shown themselves more willing to drop a bowler than a batsman. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's kind of the traditional way of things, but actually I, I'd like to see Australia with the world-class backing lineup they have. And if they're in form, maybe drop someone like a Travis head or, a, yeah. or, or someone like that. Um, and instead say, okay, well we've got, you know, we've got David Warner at the top of the order. We've got Steve Smith, Marnus Labuschagne, who, can all bat for days. We've got um, Usman Khawaja, we've got Tim Payne, all of whom are very good batsmen. And then we're going to line you up against, uh, not five, but six bowlers. So you're going to have to deal with uh, Patterson, Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, Lyon, and who's the other one? Um, No, no, that, no, that, they didn't. They that's, did, that, that, that's their pace line. That's them, but they, they messed up the bounce of their side in the last ashes. And went, well, they didn't, they didn't, they won, but they went with only four bowlers, didn't they? Three pace. Yeah, uh, um, yeah that's odd. I, so actually that shows them more to be batting centric. I'd like to see them to reset their, their, uh, Batting lineup to to yeah. one fewer batsman and kind of have the more traditional balance of the side with those four pacemen in yeah. and um, your your spinner so that would be nice. But as we were saying about England, I think it, this is a nice option for them to have if the batting lineup is in form, if they're making runs, you can you can just say, well, we're going to sacrifice you know an extra twenty or thirty runs. And then what we'll do is we'll throw six bowlers at you. So you've got yeah. to deal with Stokes, who is a fantastic all-rounder bowler. Then our main pace lot of Archer, Wood, Broad, Anderson, you know, Curran and Wokes, it yeah. in there in England, and a spinner. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we're, go- we're always going to have fresh legs. We're always going to have a fresh bowler. We're always going to bowl you out. We're going to take 20 wickets. And, and that's been a big... Focus for England is not just getting the runs on the board because they yeah. they you know they haven't always done that, but they they know they have the ability to do that. It's taking twenty wickets and winning matches, and yeah. and this is bowlers, a balance of a side which does that.
0: Bowlers win you series, to be honest. Mm. Um, and and you know because they yeah if you can get an, a side out cheaply, it reduces the pressure on your batting lineup so much. And um, but also saying that you know the 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 opposite is true that if your batting lineup maybe hasn't performed or has had a day off and, and been got out cheaply. If you have the bowling attack that can defend even a low total um, and make it competitive still, then, then you'll be okay because, or you won't be okay, but you know, you, you, you've got a lot less to worry about because you, you know, you have that batting lineup who is almost like a second line of defense really.
1: And Yeah. You, well, you get you get up getting up. runs only gets you so far, you know, yeah. 500 runs, can win you in the, the game in, in the sense that it gives your bowling lineup time to win the game and, and, and the ability to, to give away a few runs to win the game. But the 500 runs on their own aren't going to win that game. You have to take 20 wickets. If you get 500 runs and don't take 20 wickets, you draw. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the best-case scenario if you've got a poor bowling attack. So oh, yeah. Yeah. as as two people who possibly favour bowling yes. um, can say, <laughs> bowlers are 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 possibly more important they they are the ones that win matches in in the sense that they get the other team out which is the one the thing that wins the match not just they're definitely
0: they're definitely becoming more important in uh in in, in today's sort of climate again you know it, especially in, uh yeah so so within the game today there's been a resurgence of bowlers which uh as, as i said you know was lost you know in the for the last 10 15 years um but it's coming back now it's coming back And that's that's only a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, Has so so Burns and Sibley made the first England century stand since uh, opening century stand since twenty sixteen? I think so. You know, quite um, uh, quite significant. The question is, has the debate over England's opening two batsmen been settled?
1: Um. At the moment, I think yes. I, I think they they've done exceptionally well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they do- they're doing really well. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot more to say about it than that. They're they're breaking all these kind of dry spells that have been yeah. around since Cook, or if you're not called Alistair to Cook since Andrew Strauss in 2012. Uh, yeah. They're they're coming up with big scores. Pretty much, you know. A score of about fifty. Yeah. Basically, at least once a game, um, they're usually getting. I don't know if it's if it's usually now. But I don't know if it's over fifty percent of the time, but a lot of the time, far more regularly, they're getting to fifty with no loss. Yeah. Um, which has been England's problem for ages. Oh yeah, it really has. And it, it's just they're looking good. Um, Burns, his early. Career average has hampered him a, a little bit, but he's played seventeen Test matches and is averaging thirty three yeah. um, I, I think in the last year he's probably averaging higher than that yeah um, Sibley's played eight matches and is averaging 44 one, yeah. of the, one of the first of all he's other than Joe Root, I think he's the only person in the England team, possibly with the exception of Stokes now, with a career average over forty. I think so. Yeah, I think. Um,
0: so. I think Stokes still has a bit, a, a little bit to do to get to career average of over 30, of, of over forty. But if he carries on in the vein that he has been, because in the last year his average has been sixty two, if he yeah. carries on as he has been, his his average will go right up. Um, oh, so it's obviously,
1: pretty, it's early days for Sibley, but yeah, h- him and Joe Root are kind of the two with the career average yeah. over forty at the moment. Obviously, a much shorter career for Sibley, but um, he's playing really well. He's one of the few people who. Currently his test average is above his first class average, which is really nice to see. It means he's settled in, settling in at least to test cricket. He's really trying to push on, make some runs, and, and yeah. we if you look at his entire career, he scores a lot of runs at every level. Yeah. Um, Burns is a fantastic batsman and yeah, I, I think this is this is basically settled the debate in that you can't see either of these guys being dropped Oh, bar yeah, yeah. A, a kind of significant loss of form for several games. Definitely. You know, yes. if if comes in and gets four ducks in a series, then people might start to look at his position. But but other than something like that, yeah, it, it seems that. Like, unlikely that anyone else will replace them.
0: Well, that's why they've 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 been in both of our Ashes teams. Um, obviously, that's you know that that's we've got a year to think about that and a year to see what happens. Um, but I think that the the questions have been put to bed now, and i think for the for the first time in a while England have a stable opening too and it's also it's an opening partnership that um that if the conditions or if 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 the circumstances allow um it can be switched up a bit, so we've got the strength in depth that you know say we, you know when we go to the subcontinent and i mean both of them we really had a a proper against spin here. Um so when we go to the subcontinent and you know, they maybe one of them don't perform on on the pitches that are there. Um and maybe that's just a weakness in their game. We've got players like Keaton Jennings who does really well in the subcontinent on all pitches against spin, Um and and so we can we can sort of we can mix it up if we need to, but we've got the 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 foundation of of that team and the foundation of that partnership is there. And and I think that they're gonna play if they carry on like they like they do it,
1: they're doing, they're going to face some uh, a lot more to I'd be I'd, I'd be cautious to just take uh, you know hit the the nuclear Keaton Jennings button, um, <laughs> and that really is the nuclear button when it comes to test opening. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think that if they start kind of having trouble in the subcontinent, that we should go. Oh, Keaton Jennings does well here; he averages well here. Stick him in the team. Yeah. I, I think you've got to say them, both of them have not had sort of extensive trouble in terms of getting out to spin, mm. um, other than Burns to Rost and Chase specifically, who doesn't really spin it, although yeah. he's getting horrendous tweak out of this surface, but I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but th- they get a bit bogged down in their scoring rate against spin and I think it's it's a great opportunity for them to go out, send them out there against some of the premier spinners in the world are in spin friendly conditions and go score, yeah. go ahead. You know, your job is to score. We don't mind if you get out to, we don't too much mind if you get out for 30 or 40, but your job is not to get bogged down. Um, yeah. You know, crack out a sweep shot now and again, learn how to manipulate the field against spin, learn how to pick up the length and, Work on it. And, and that's what they're doing They're at yep. the moment. They, they both recognise they have trouble scoring against spin. And they've both been in the nets for hours on end, yep. getting Graham Thorpe to chuck them spinners and, and just the thing, play them better.
0: The other thing to mention is that they are both very young players yet. And so they will... You're
1: young in their test career, obviously. Yeah, Burn's yeah. 29.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they, yeah, they're young in their test career. And even, even though Burns is 29... As I said at the start, he he has that sort of appetite to learn, to increase his skill set, and improve his skill set. So I think that you know they 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 will both soak up whatever is thrown at them. You know they will both soak up every everything that's taught to them, um and and, and you know use it to improve their their game. So I think I think we're looking at a very stable partnership here. In, in and a
1: and they're, they're lucky as two players who who don't struggle getting out, but struggle scoring against spin in the, the batting coach who they're working with is one of the better players of spin we've had as, as an England team. And he he will obviously have some very, very valuable advice for them. Uh, yeah. I'm sure as well they have access to people like Alistair Cook, who was a, an excellent player of, of spin yeah. and also learned on the job. Until he went to the subcontinent, he really only had that one shot against spin. And then he, he had to learn... How to get comfortable sweeping in the subcontinent, and well, after that in he, India, yeah. And after that, he became prodigious against yeah. spit So um, he, you know, he will. I'm. Um, I have no doubt, be available to them after coronavirus and so on. Yeah. And yeah. I think it, it, it'll definitely, yeah. You know, f- failing that, they can always bid for the top prize in the Ruth Strauss Foundation um, charity auction, which is. A day with the knights of cricket, i.e., Sir uh, Sir Alastair Cook, Sir Andrew Strauss, and Sir Ian both and apparently includes a batting masterclass with Sir Cook. So they could just bid for that and and get get some training. Um, but no, I I think uh, they they'll definitely have the opportunity to improve significantly, and and they will, and they they have shown willingness to to learn and get better, and and Sibley particularly with so much time ahead yeah. of him, I think. I'm not going to say, you know, this early on, he has the potential to be another Strauss or Cook, but I, I think, think he has the potential to be an extremely good, dependable, run-scoring English opener. He has promise. I think I the think best way to put it is he has promise at this point. And whether that... I think, I think it's in him to score a couple thousand runs. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. And I, I think that, yeah, um, I hope that they carry on. And obviously... It will be how their managers are by, by England by their counties. But that's, we've seen that proven the last many institutions. So I think that they, they should be okay with that. And if there are, because especially for a test opener, there's always going to be barren periods. There's always going to be periods where you're not scoring as many runs. Just, and it may, it, It's just a dip in form. But they just have to be reminded that if, if, those, if those happen, you know, they have to be reminded that they're temporary. You'll, you'll get back to the form. You'll find it again. You just have to keep plugging away. And eventually, it all come back. Um, so I'm as long as
1: there's not too much pressure put on them, I'm just looking at Sibley's, you know, career stats. Yeah. Uh, Test-wise, he in eight Test matches, which you know, it's not that many. Um, he scored 532 runs, an average of 44, and he's made two hundreds, two big hundreds, mm. and. Um, I think it was 120 something, 133, and he's made a, a 50. Yeah. So uh, obviously he's made 50s to get to those hundreds. But also that's a, a fantastic conversion rate so far in his yeah. career. When yeah. if he's if he's in enough to get 50, he can crack on and get 100. So
0: so it's 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 really promising for England that you've yeah, got, a, very good. got an opening batsman that he reaches 50, you're you're sort of more than you're more than likely. Um, that he will then go on to 100. And he just, and, and what it means is it's also then for opposition bowlers and for opposition teams, it's that sort of, it, it adds to the fact to them that if, they, if they're trying to rush to try and make him out early because they know that he then he's going to stay there for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, you know, that's, it, it's inevitably a good thing that he has a higher conversion rate. Right, um, I was just going to say, um, looking at the time, should we move on to the star player at the moment of the day? Yes. yes, one word
1: to describe it. Um, star player for the West Indies, um, hmm, probably Jason Holder. He, yeah. his contribution kind of got them past the follow on. He's he's leading from the front, and and in this. What is pretty certainly kiss of death, yeah. going to be a losing effort. Um, yeah, he's, he's showing some fortitude. Yeah, uh, he in, injured his thumb yesterday. Um, we didn't talk about Shane Dowrich. Special mention yeah. him him, yeah. locked in the face. Oh,
0: it's it it
1: yeah. very painful. Poor yeah. bloke. Uh, now, interestingly, Joshua de Silva, sub wicketkeeper on, just taking his first Test yeah. catch. So um, they said
0: that. They they had to look at sort of the rules and, and the regulations and obviously Jossio de Silva has been said been talked about as a very, pro- uh, very promising batsman. Um, they've said that he because he's not a concussion replacement or a COVID replacement, um, he can't come in as a batsman, but he can he can be a he can be a wicketkeeping wick- yeah, wick- yeah.
1: substitute. Sub, fielder is allowed to keep with the umpire's permission, and they yeah. gave it so but he's not allowed to bat as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Star player for England. Well, who could it be? (laughs) Um, Stuart
0: Broad. I think it's the first time in our podcast that our star player has been... We've had the same star player two days in a row. Or was was it Stokesy last
1: week? Possibly, I don't know.
0: Uh, Let's see if he can do the hat trick.
1: of, Of the moment of the day. Uh, of no, no, if we can have if, the the end three end day of, days in a row, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, but yeah, Stuart, Stuart Broad, um, fantastic, with the bat, with the ball, great bowling, cracking bowling, unbelievable. Uh, came in with the old ball and, and cleaned up the middle and the tail, yeah. came in with the new ball and got the West Indies off to the worst possible start they could have. At two absolute peaches of the ball. Of two balls. Um, yeah, he, he's fantastic. And he's he well deserves his 500 wickets. I can't wait to see him get it. Um, and also, if he gets two more wickets in this game, which is likely, that will be his, I believe, career's second 10 wicket match. Yeah. Which can't think of a finer way to do it, really, can you? So, um, yeah, fantastic. He he was he was unbelievable and he, he's he's the real man of the day. Um, and probably man of the match if England go on to win, which they should. Um, moment of the day. I think late in the day, Stuart Broad's wicket of John Campbell. Yeah. It was just such a perfect ball. So like nothing, nothing you could do about it. Stuart Broad loves bowling to left-handers. Yeah. And, and it, the, there was simply nothing John Campbell could do. He had to play at the ball. Uh, he had to play that line of the ball, and then it just seemed away and caught the air yeah, it, was, it, it was one of those height at Joe, it was about there it's just it was the what perfect perfect yeah. the best ball you can bowl oh, as yeah. a pace bowler yeah Purist dismissal cricket so it was you know uh, i 'm talking about it with with kind of near religious reverence here, but it it was perfection on, in from a bowling point of view. Is you know what there's the
0: word unplayable is used a lot. It's probably used too much now, you know, but that was
1: genuinely an unplayable No no one, no Steve Smith, yeah. no one could play that ball. Um word to describe the day, Stuart. <laughs> Second word to describe the day, broad. <laughs> that that's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um yeah. So I would say my star player for the West Indies, yeah, Jason Holder as well, you know, it's just it's just been especially given how you know, and the flash them in the second one as well, you know, so it, it's the draw here and then England match, pull that back. And it's just you know what it is, it's exhaustion more than anything. anything 'cause it's just come and just it's it's just body slammed them really and and, and left them gasping. Um and it's you know it's kind of simple because there's not really a way they can win the game. Um, England look like a win, and they do. Obviously, then they take the trophy. England regained the trophy, and the West Indies don't have that first uh, series win for um, uh, for 33 years. Um, it's it's just sad. Um, it's it's going to be really bitter for them, but they have to take heart from from the uh, first test performance that they had. So, yeah, it's older. It's my birthday. England has to be Stuart Broad, can't be anyone else. As a Stuart Broad for England, um, moment of the day, mine would be um, not just the wicket of John Campbell, but both of Stuart Broad's wickets at the end of the day. So, to leave them 10 for two, because there's a possibility that they'll win the West Indies again, you know. Maybe come out, bat out the, the, what, what's what, what happened in day four. You know the the, the limited amount of overs that are going to be available in day four, and then you bat out day five as well. And it's a tall order, but it's still possible. And they can escape with a draw. Um, that's not looking very good now. You know, it's changed game. He is a master of producing in his game. He produced so many in this. He produced so many. Yeah, in, in this series, or this match, particularly, game-changing moments. But those two wickets—that spell. At the end of the day, it was brilliant, and it really set England up for what they need to do. Because having to take eight wickets in a day compared to ten wickets in a day is is a big difference. Especially if those if those um, wickets don't include your. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's all. Um, he said he was. I said promising yesterday. Uh, spectacular, spectacular. There you go.
1: Um,
0: it was spectacular from Stuart Broad. Yeah, really good.
1: Now, now that we record these in the morning as well, I can bring our viewers slash listeners a quick update about the day ahead. I've just looked at the uh, BBC Live text commentary. It is hammering down in Manchester. Uh, They they said not so much cats and dogs as tigers and wolves. It is absolutely leathering it down. So it looks very possible that today will be a washout, predictably, um, leading to final day showdown again. Um, Apparently there's no chance of play this morning, possibly some, like a few overs in the early afternoon. But it, it brace yourselves for a washout and sadly brace yourselves for then no podcast because if we, we have nothing to talk about we we can't yeah, waste time with it. So <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, no, definitely. Um, happy-
0: but if we don't if we don't see you tomorrow for day four, um, then we will see you on uh what's Wednesday. Wednesday for uh Day five. We'll see you then yes. for, for our coverage of day five. And by that point we will have a conclusion to not just this test match, but a conclusion to the championship, uh, to the series. And we'll be able to know who's who's won, who's taking the trophy back with them, um, and also we'll be able to give views on not just that match, the whole series and give our players of the series, players of the series, um and and uh, look ahead to the next series. So we'll look forward to that. I mean if we could
1: see you tomorrow. But thanks for listening. Um, right, it's, right. great it's sunny here in London, so I'm off to the next.
0: There's really sunny here as well. Oh,
1: well I'm um, off to
0: the next. Very nice. Very nice. Um, but yes, we will see you uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday. Thank you.